Hello and good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host and a very, very, very special guest. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Ryan, the cardboard samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and welcome back, guest. How are you? Who Hello. are you as well? It is me, <laughs> Dreams of Ashiok, the Pioneer Destroyer, and uh, I'm doing all right. I'm ready to talk about some results. Yeah we, yeah, we want to get serious on this episode. You know, it's been a little bit, um, you know, first couple weeks when the new set comes out, we're usually brewing, we're having fun, we're talking about what we're excited about, and then we get extra serious here, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, more or less, uh, because there's already been some big results. This last weekend was a huge weekend for Pioneer in the competitive scene, and uh, that's really what we want to talk about, is these regional championships pretty much all over the world had some big Pioneer events. Yeah, and also I know you know we we actually we wanted to get Ashiok on uh, for the set review, but uh, everyone was super busy. I believe you were at an event. I in... was. I was at a Where NRG was Fort Wayne, and I yeah. uh, lost my winning in with Karuga Fires. Then I was gonna top eight both events that weekend. Yeah, and this was this was before, of course, the new cards came out. But uh, yeah, do you want to talk about that real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it was a really fun event, really fun traveling. Shout out to anyone that I met there. There was a bunch of lovely people. But um, yeah, no, it was kind of just like comparing how it was in Canada to like the States. Like the quality of players at the energy events was a lot higher. So it was a lot harder competition. Mm. There was not a lot as much like misplaying as such. I didn't know a lot of my opponents. So it was a, it was a lot more like awkward to try to like strike up conversation. Cause like, I don't know them. I don't know what they're, they're mm-hmm. they want to talk or anything, but uh, event wise and magic wise, uh, it was really well. Karuga fires uh, did really good for me. Uh, I didn't know to play against mono green a single time, which was the matchup I was like semi interested in. Uh, I lost to Phoenix round one and Mono Blue Spirits in round seven, and it was on coverage too. And I punted that match. I punted game one so mm. hard in front of like 800 people. It was so sad. But Oof. Uh, yeah, no, it was still a, still a wonderful event, and I was really happy to get 14th. So five and two records. So money, money finish? Oh, yeah. $100. $100. $100 reduced. That's the thing $100. I like about the States is you actually get cash. <laughs> mm. You don't know, get fun bucks like you do in Canada. Huh. And it probably uh, converts back pretty well. Probably better than the fun bucks convert oh, back. Yeah. So oh, fun, fun bucks, do you mean like gift certificates at Tom, from oh, yeah. Tom Hortons or something? Or? No, 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 no. I more so mean in store credit. Okay, okay. It's a trip to Joanne's or what was it they Joanne were giving fabrics. out? Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, no, sadly no fabric. Okay. All right. So, so okay, yeah, that's kind of like the first question I wanted to ask is like, did anybody play last week? And I'm guessing you didn't. I think I was talking to you earlier. You said you uh, have a one coming up. Yeah, no, we have our RCs this week. But last weekend, I just watched a bunch of my friends or like listened to them playing. Like they were talking all throughout Discord, updating us about how they were doing. Um, we, I, me directly, I there was a bunch of RCs that were, or sorry, RCQs that were happening in my area, but I neglected mm-hmm. to go because I wanted to try to get as much homework as I can done and to huh. prepare for my RC trip to Toronto because it, it'll it'll be a big weekend of mm-hmm. travel and expenses and oh, it'll be so much fun though. And Kevin, how about you? Uh, did you have a chance to play it all last weekend, or were you just watching coverage? I was not able to make it to any of the big events, nor do the online ones. So, you know, kind of was the odd guy out here. Um, I had a, just a busy weekend personal-wise, so I wasn't able to get to the end of these events. I was watching a lot of coverage, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, um, you know, at Hobbyist, I was live-tweeting out the uh, God of Pioneer 9 in Tokyo last weekend. So that's what I did. 
Um, I played uh, Bard Class because I wanted to have fun. And I did have fun, but I didn't have an optimized deck. And also, I ran into a lot of decks that I wasn't uh, expecting, which I can talk about when we get to the uh, top 16 or top 8 of the uh, uh, God of Pioneer event as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. So, yeah, we had the uh, God of Pioneer last weekend. That was, like, the first thing that started it off, you know, over here because, you know, Japan's in the future and whatnot. And uh, we had, like, 223 people for that. And then what other events? We had Sophia RC. We had um, Atlanta. Um, Can you guys comment, you know, how many people were at those events? Uh, I believe we saw an increase of players at, at uh, the American events. I think that uh, that one exactly had. I'm just putting up the number to make sure. Let me see if it's uh, uh, 201 at Sophia. Yeah, it was 201 in um, Sophia for the 10K for the day two event. Uh, mm-hmm, but right. relating back to Atlanta, that one had 920. For the main. Oh, sorry. Uh, that was the Dream 928? Hat 928. Yeah, 928. It was 928. And then it was 409 players in Sophia. And then the Brazilian RC that we're going to also talk about had 198 mm-hmm. players. Uh, but the day two for Sophia, the day two event, the one that uh, Andrea Mangucci won, mm-hmm. uh, had 201 players. And I there think we, yeah, we also right. had uh, the DreamHack uh, Pioneer 10K, which had 400 and 383. Players. Was it 383? 409 oh, sorry, was uh, the Sophia RC. Okay, there's 383 in that one. Okay, and I, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all the ones that we had. We had the Brazilian one, Sophia, we had Tokyo, and then we had uh, Atlanta. So we have a lot of things to talk about today, and I thought we could just jump right in. Um, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with one of the main events, the big events? Do you want to start with one of the smaller events? What do you think? I would say let's go big. Let's start with Atlanta. I wanted to talk okay. about Atlanta, too. I'm glad someone else agrees. <laughs> <laughs> so... um. Maybe start off by talking about the meta. Do we know what the meta was like? Yeah, we can see the meta. We can see the uh, the amount of decks, uh, or at least through, due to popularity. At least I believe so. I'm attempting to, but yeah, let's let's make sure this. this yeah, if you look actually, on MTG Melee, they so had usually had a, um, an archetype breakdown. It looks like Mono Green Devotion uh, had was 22.5 percent of the field with 207 decks. Mm-hmm. Um, Rakdos was 125 decks, which was like 13.5% of the field. Um, they both had similar, uh, match win percentages. They're both at like 48%. Um, is it Phoenix, uh, had 99 decks at like 10.7%. And then it dropped up after that to mono white humans with, uh, 64 decks, which was like seven, almost 7%. Azorius control was 5.5. Gruel vehicles was 4.8. Grease Fang was 4.8. Or sorry, four percent. Kruga fires was three percent, and then we had some mono blue spirits, enigmatic fires, and Celestia angels. Um, I think that that's kind of like the top percentage uh, of the archetypes. But if we look at win percentage, it looks like even though mono green devotion and Rakdos were like the most popular, like the aggro decks or how can I say the temple decks? Like, is it Phoenix had a fifty percent win percentage? Mono white humans had fifty three percent. Azorius control was fifty two percent. Um, you know, and and that's right. Enmetic fires had fifty one, and Celestial Angels had fifty two. Do any of these um stats kind of surprise you guys, or any of these decks that showed up? 
personally, I think uh, the surprise for this tournament for me was the showing of Lotus Combo. I think that that deck was not one you mentioned, and it only had yeah. a one point seven percent. Sixteen people in that tournament yeah. decided to play it. Yet it still but... boasted a fifty eight percent uh win rate win percentage which is yeah that's like, insane it's it's a, it's a lot higher especially it's a lot harder to get a lot of like accurate data on how decks perform especially when mm -hmm. it's a smaller amount however we saw a lot of good players that are like known lotus players that continue mm -hmm. to do well at these events even though lotus isn't something that's actively talked about or like actively prepared for we still see mm -hmm. people bringing it and doing well <laughs> pretty well i guess yeah so it's the only deck that had more than five pilots that boasted a better than 55% win rate. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, also another another surprise uh, to me was uh, how how awful Rakados' matchup win percentage was with mm -hmm. being a 48%. You'd assume it'd be a little bit higher since it was uh, one of the most represented decks and it was also just one of the decks that um, people were tuning and are tuning a lot with the new cards. I think that one got mm -hmm. uh, might be one of the decks that uh, got one I uh, got most uh, sorry, saw some of the most newer cards. I mean, that... everybody expected Mono Green to dominate, right? Oh yeah. And, and it, it, it really didn't. It didn't do as well. I think it only got in one of the top 8s or one of the top whatever amounts was in uh the the bigger tournaments, like not even in Atlanta, like just strictly going back to talking about Atlanta. We didn't really see any monogreen in top eight we see one at nine and ten but yeah with 207 decks that's pretty bad as far as the uh conversion rate there i don't think that it means like oh the sky is falling for mono green i mm -hmm. think it's still a great deck for me that that meant like hey people knew this was coming and they mm -hmm. were ready for it i don't think anyone here was surprised to see a mono green player if they sat down across from them mm -hmm. i mean I would say, I mean, do you think after this event or after these, you know, um, these stats come out and people see like how bad the win percentage was, do you think less people will be playing Mono Green Devotion? Everybody kind of, I would say a lot of people came into Pioneer thinking, man, you know, I, you know, I heard this is a great deck. I'm just going to play this deck. And then that's what they did. And then they take it to like a big event like this where you have all these, you know, such a, a varied meta game and, you know, even though it's, you know, a, a strong deck, it doesn't have answers for everything. And I think people are starting to realize how vulnerable Mono Green Devotion can be. I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree yeah, with that. I would agree. I would agree. I think, again, it was going to be one of the best decks. I think people talked about the best decks going to be being Phoenix, Rakados, Midrange, mm -hmm. and Mono Green. But Mono Green was the mm -hmm. big scary baddie because that was the unknown quantity. Because it was getting, I think, five new sideboard cards or something ridiculous. Like, not a lot of good main deck cards, but a lot of good yeah. sideboard cards. And since you run four copies of Karn, you can see these five cards pretty often. And mm -hmm. it was it was a unknown quantity. So people overprepared for it. Therefore, I think it did worse than uh, it probably could have. Like, I think in these next following weeks, we'll see a little bit more of a resurgence of green. But definitely for the first few events, I'm not surprised that it died off. Mm. Or, like, didn't do as well. So how about you, Kevin? Anything surprising? you? I think you that's a good take. Do you, do you think... Well, I want to go a little bit more on those new cards because it is, you know, a new set just came out. Did you... Um, your, you know, your impressions hearing people talk about these, seeing the little bit of uh, green that we saw on camera, do you feel like these cards did make a difference for any of their matchups? Or were they kind of just, like, mild improvements, kind of a wash to how powerful the deck was before? I think we see a lot more improvements. I think Cityscape Leveler was one of the cards that impressed me a lot. Um, it makes your it makes your matchup against um 
It, it's just it always becomes a better target than meteor golem, especially because of mm-hmm. the cast trigger. Because against blue white and other controlling archetypes like phoenix and a lot of like counterspell based decks, the cast trigger was really relevant in a lot of the games that I was talking to my monogreen friends about. Then uh, I already can tell you that that's something that players are going to start are going to be missing. Uh, they're going to think it's an ETB a lot of the time, but I think that card is was just an insanely insanely big upgrade and i think something that a lot of people don't it's an eldrazi basically it's an eldrazi but i I think something (laughs) that a lot of people didn't even like think about is just how to play with and around stone brain i think that was the biggest takeaway from this tournament and seeing how players were interacting with stone brain how they were using stone brain was it aggressively was it defensively i think that was my most interesting takeaway from that Mm. like of the new cards i think haywire might made the Karuga Fires matchup and the Enchantress matchup a lot harder uh, for mm. Oh, that took me a second there. I thought you were saying Stone Rain, oh, no. not Stone, stone Brain. brain. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, huh, are you saying that this new, because uh, like, I know the new Meteor Golem <laughs> hit lands, right? No, 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 no. So no. I was like, <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. No. Took me a second there. No, you're not talking about Stone Rain. You're talking about Stone, stone brain. brain. Yeah, no. It, yes, it, that one is is scary. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would say something that surprised me was Karuga Fires. I thought it was kind of a fringe deck going into the weekend and i'm really surprised to see it do so well um you know i know that you chose it and no 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 offense mm-hmm. ashok but it's you know i thought it was just like too slow i thought aggro decks would prey on it. i thought people would be you know have sideboard stuff for it and yeah i'm, I'm really surprised yeah, I think, especially now that I've played a lot of tournaments and a lot of, like, events with Kuriga Fires, I think it's definitely one of the more slept-on decks. Just because mm-hmm. it, uh, it doesn't play things that cost less than two. And Pioneer is, I, I think, has, like, the highest concentration of aggro decks, or one of the most. You it, it, you do need to interact a lot earlier on due to the importance of Lanoir Elves and mm-hmm. other similar creatures. But the deck still is just able to go over top of these decks so easily. And I think that comes with temporary lockdown. I think that card mm. just changed oh the matchup. Oh my god, I hate that infinitely. card. Changes a lot I of matchups. wiped. It's because you're our aggro player. I you're, did. Yeah, I, was, I was playing, like I said, I was playing Bard class and like I played against Kruger Fires and Ooh. I threw my entire hand onto the battlefield and there's like, temporary lockdown and there went like eight cards. Scoop it all up. So... <laughs> And your yeah. matchup with Karuga Fires against a lot of the top decks, like, you can never lose. If you are losing with Karuga Fires against Mono Black consistently, you're the problem. That matchup is so huh. free. That you, you just go over top of Mono Black very, or Red Black very easily. Uh, Mono Green is a little bit of a trickier matchup because, uh, uh, it depends on their draws. The, 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 the creature draws are a lot easier to beat. The Planeswalker draws are, eh? And then, Mm-hmm. You can the Phoenix matchups pretty pretty weird. It depends because Phoenix Phoenix Phoenix. Uh, the, the way you play the Phoenix matchup is very much so dependent on how good you think your opponent is. Um, one more question before we move on to our next uh, set of results here. Actually, maybe not the results. We can actually look at the top eight decks uh, mm-hmm. after this. But um, were there any uh, archetypes that kind of underperformed for you that you know you're kind of surprised didn't do better? Like, I'm looking at mono blue spirits here, and just spirits in general seem to be bad this weekend. Is that because everyone was playing mono green and they have a way to beat it now, or is there another reason? I think it's just a small sample size with mm-hmm. people that performed uh, inadequately. A lot of the people that I know that do play, you don't have a lot of like main spirits players, and you didn't hear a lot of people uh. talk about spirits coming in. So, a lot of mm-hmm. the people that did end up playing spirits were those who just kind of like, had the cards and just knew the deck and they're they're quote they're they're just like diehards for it and the deck just isn't 
positioned that well. Like, Mono Blue Spirits, mm. albeit, is better positioned than Banned Spirits, but I definitely don't think that deck is going to go up in win rate anymore. Uh, it'll probably stay stagnant around the 47-48%, if I had to try to guess, for these next two weeks. Okay. That sounds fair. I also just think that, you know, a little bit of the mix of what was in the field, you know, there are a few more interactive decks seeing more Phoenix than we expected, seeing more of those things like the Enigmatic and the Kruger Fires. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, Yeah. I was going to say, do you guys want to talk about the top eight real quick? I would love to talk about the top eight. Uh, So the decks that we saw in top eight for uh, the main event in Atlanta where a mm-hmm. copy of Rakados Midrange, Is It Phoenix, uh, Lotus Combo, Mono Blue Spirits, Celestia Auras, Enchanted or uh, Enchanty or sorry, Ignatic Fires, Blue White Control, and Mono White Humans eventually taking it down in eighth seat. I'm down with calling it Enchanty Fires. That's I was I always call it Enchanties, hmm. but then I realize I'm on a podcast. I should be a little bit more official. <laughs> we also just talked about auras, so I understand wanting to separate it slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super surprised that auras made top eight. Auras, a deck that I my testing group, I talked to other friends. Nobody, it was on nobody's radar. Like I, mm. I, I, when I was originally going to come onto this podcast, I was going to talk about how Brushland enables these kind of strategies. These, uh, I, I call them green white timmy archetypes the the slow sorry the quick beat you down <laughs> kill you quick archetypes because mm-hmm. now white has more lands that can cast lanoir elves into double white cards but i yeah. didn't predict celestia auras to be what, what what brush land was gonna end up breaking um I, I think that this deck was actually really interestingly built it used a lot of cool cards that i i just haven't I didn't know existed. I had to do a little bit mm-hmm. of like researching on all these cards. And I think because that's what, the, <laughs> the biggest surprise of the tournament is also just seeing Model Blue Spirits and Lotus Field in top A was kind of interesting. And Azorius Control, in my opinion. I want to build this now because mm. I have all the cards. It is a really cheap <laughs> well, deck. Yeah, this this is a very yeah. this is a very Ryan deck, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my big big uh, standouts of the top eight. I think the Auras deck. Um, you know, like you said, Lotus Field combo, I think in the right pilot's hand can be really good. Like even, even if like the, the field's against it, I think it can still be really good. I just think it was an interesting time bringing it in because we didn't know what a mono, we didn't know what a mono green player's sideboard was going to end up looking like because of Mm -hmm. all these new cards, spaces had to be made, cards had to be cut. And if Dampening Sphere stays in the deck, do we realistically think that what Lotus Field would have had this success? I think no. I think the fact that it, they they capitalized on the fact that they would cut it for Stonebrain is what made it so that mm-hmm. they were actually able to have these top eight events. Although the vast majority of lists that I've seen from Mono Green, they have cut Dampening Sphere. That makes sense because you know we we traditionally said that yeah Lotus Field was really bad into Mono Green. Mm-hmm. So um, it, unless if they made that change, then it would have been. So that, that was a nice. If that's what people were thinking, and that's why they decided to play Lotus Field, I think that was a really heads-up thought. Maybe they just had Lotus Field and played it. But uh, we're going to give them the credit here and say that, hey, if they made top eight, they, they knew what they were doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing I want to call out from this top eight that I thought was really interesting now is this Azorius Control running four temporary lockdown in the main deck. Um, mm. That's kind of been the more recent adaptation, and I you know I like to see that. It's really cool. Uh, it. That does really stymie some of those aggressive decks, especially when it's a Yorian build and you can you know blink your lockdown and then relock down everything if they don't have big ETBs. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Love it. Absolutely hate it. Love it. Destroy the little aggro yeah. player. Make his day. <laughs> make his day worse. I just spent all my mana. We can have our true mid range wars and combo wars. Yes. <laughs> I just upgraded my bard class and it's all gone now. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, that was me like all weekend. 
Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about from uh, this event? We talked the about last... the top eights. The finals was... Uh, it was Phoenix versus Monowite. Okay. That's pretty cool. I'm surprised, even though we said that the metagame was not a lot of aggro, to see them do so well was... I think maybe people will start shifting to some of these other aggro decks, I know, do like think... Monowite Humans or Auras. I do think Mono White will be the uptick deck. I think that deck will have a larger representative share in the weeks coming uh, mm-hmm. due to the fact that it is a pretty easy deck to buy. Like, it's not that difficult because especially mm-hmm. the mana base is just a lot of planes, so you don't have to worry about a lot of that. We should have that new humans deck coming out. I don't know if that actually helps build into it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it does play um, Recruitment Officer. That's one of the new cards from the yeah. set. The one I do have to say, you know, yourself. I'm a little disappointed. I'm a big fan of the Gruel's Vehicles deck and none of them in the top 32, so that, that definitely did not have the best showing being, you know, 45 total decks in the tournament, none of them in the top 32. That's also some poor... Uh, representation i think overall the priciest thing here is gonna be the wedding announcement in the sideboard I think. definitely that are like um adelines adelines are i think adelines are like the hardest Jeez. thing to find i swear when i was trying to help my buddy build that deck i could not find an adeline to save my mm. life on any website yeah uh but regardless the other thing that i wanted to talk about quickly was the ignatic fires list i do think it's mm-hmm. very we didn't see a lot of new cards minus one bitter reunion in the main uh to give your creatures a little bit of haste whenever you want and just a loot it's just like a replacement or a fifth omen of the sea as you will uh but i do think his list was like super interesting as someone that was considering list for my own rc uh the fact that we're running seed rhino and spirited companion and zur were all cards that i mm-hmm. swept under the table was like nah i'm not playing this card it's kind of bad and especially dragon lord Tarka. i think that card is just awful in this <laughs> list but here we are he he's the one that got sixth place so maybe he knows more than me didn't we have you on for Dominaria set review? I can't remember. Or was that? I think that was kind of right. Sure. I'm not sure. Because I... someone was saying Zur. I remember someone called that out as being a playable card in. Uh, maybe that was Claudio. Maybe yeah, that definitely wouldn't be called me. it out. I wouldn't say Zur was playable ever. Yeah. I was was down on that card. I never hit. I never liked that card. Yeah, but, there's uh... some neat stuff. And then shout out to Eli Loveman for getting the the first place in the Swiss with Rakados midrange. He's a lovely fella. That's mm-hmm. all I gotta say. Okay. All Tried right. Some good wholesome magic there. Rakdos so, Midrange, most honest magic. You guys wanna move on to the next event, or is there anything else you want to talk uh, about? Should we do I'm, like maybe the European one? Other, we could probably just move through events. Like we just did a, the day two event for DreamHack. Do you want to do the DreamHack day two, or do you want to do? Yeah, the let's Legacy? finish the DreamHack day two because okay. you know, some of that'll be the same people mm-hmm. or people who dropped out of day one. And then talking okay. about metas as well, we can still talk about the same meta with the the being the NA meta. Uh, we don't All have right, a deck so did list. this have a top eight or it did. it did we didn't have we don't have a deck list sally for one of the players mm-hmm. uh don't know why i assume melee made a whoopsie daisy we love melee but uh the rest <laughs> yeah. of the top eight uh we have three copies of uh rakados midrange one mm-hmm. copy of karuga fires mm-hmm. uh one copy of mono green devotion and two copies of mono white humans mm-hmm <laughs> So some aggro, some mid-range, and I guess devotions kind of combo. You see a lot more Rakados mid-range in this top eight, however. Yeah, and this was how many people? Like 400, I think? Uh, I believe this one was 393. Oh, 393. 383, okay. sorry. All right, so 383. So day two, um, I mean, why, why the change? Why do you think uh, Rakdos uh, did better? And I would say also what humans did did pretty good, too. <laughs> Uh, we also see that we see a um, 
a monogreen devotion finally in top eight and we also see a kruga fires in top eight with one being also in 11th so mm-hmm. uh i i think that we see just a, a different meta share due to different amount of people playing obviously people mm-hmm. are a lot more inclined to play bad decks on 10 in 10ks than they are the rc it's taken a lot mm. more seriously and taken a lot less seriously uh and we also see that a lot of the players that did day two were uh we can obviously say that they were skilled because they make it to day two. So these mm-hmm. are the people that dropped out, got unlucky. So we see a very different variety of people in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking as to decks wise, I don't think that there's any um, logical conclusions that we can have, have for decks. It's just kind of like what people, the good decks that people brought. We see a little bit more Kruger fires because maybe there was more mid range. I don't know the mm-hmm. exact statistics on what was brought, but. So this is basically the best of the rest. Uh, those who O2 dropped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to take a look at the uh, metagame real quick down below. Uh, it looks like this event, Monogreen Devotion, was 15, or sorry, 16%. Uh, Rakdos was uh, about 14.6%. Is it Phoenix was 8.5%. Mono White Humans was 63 Grease Fang was 5%. Azorius Control, 5%. Uh, Kruger Fires again, 3%. But... Looking at the win percentage, Kruger Fires had a 57.6 win percentage. As did Monoite Humans. Informations. That's so good. Yeah, and Monoite Humans too. You know, I think those are definitely two decks that people don't respect enough that are probably going to become more popular in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I think it becomes a, a dynamic of... Because going into this, at least what we're thinking about, is it's a rock-paper-scissors match between the three best decks of Rak- uh, Rakados, Phoenix, and Monogreen. Those are the best decks. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now is Mono-White Humans having... It has like an okay uh, Phoenix matchup and Red-Black matchup. It's The Red-Black matchup got slightly better, but um, the Mono-Green matchup was always just kind of good. And so now we're, we're seeing the fact that it has 50-50 against two of the decks, and now it's becoming a four-way game of rock, paper, scissors. I don't know what we want to call it, but hmm. that's where we're at now. And I, I think it's really, really, really interesting to look at the dynamic and look at the top decks and how the rock, paper, scissors game ends up being here now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, anything that, again, kind of stands out to you? Maybe either decks that did well or decks that didn't do well? You know, in this uh, 10K Nothing crazy. You know, Phoenix, again, showing up a lot in the quantity, uh, not seeing it a ton in the results. So I feel like this was the day that Phoenix didn't do so hot. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can agree with that. You know what we haven't also seen that I'm now realizing? We haven't seen an Abzan Grease Fang. We have not talked about it yet. Ooh, there's been like no part of it at all. There was one in ninth in this tournament. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that was it. That's the most we've seen. Maybe people had the removal for it, you think? Everyone's playing their unlicensed hearse and their rest in pieces. For what it's worth? And their cards. I just think the yeah. deck's kind of bad, but... <laughs> well, it's very uh, glass cannon, right? Oh, yeah. It's super easy to disrupt. You just need some piece of interaction, and now you have a good rack. To, or now you have a good grease matchup. But so it a does Diabolic have... Intent isn't getting banned this week? No. Nope. So <laughs> Doomwake, Doomwake doesn't have to, 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 to get his money from Will yet. Uh, Will, Will can keep on to his money. Huh. Uh, okay um, but, uh, I think the thing that I want to point out because it's really funny mm-hmm. to me is that Mono Blue Spirits had a 42% win rate in this tournament over 10 players Oof. Ooh, <laughs> that one's stinky that was a bad mm. one right it definitely mm. didn't perform here it was the worst performing deck that I would say is like considerable to be a real deck 
Yikes. Mm-hmm. So, if you're thinking about playing Mountain Blue Spirits next week in Canada, don't. <laughs> He'll, you'll be ready for him, right? <laughs> uh, I, that, that matchup is awful for Kruger Fires. I do not want to play against it. So, that's okay. why I'm saying don't okay. bring it. <laughs> don't bring it. Don't other people it. will. Oh, yeah. Other people, other people will to, protect yeah. you. More the power yeah. to them. <laughs> Uh, however, is there anything else that we wanted to mention? It's sad that we have this NA for the first seat. Uh, yeah. But yeah I, yeah, I don't see any interesting decks that I really want to talk about here. It's, I mean, it's, it's varied. I mean, even though the, there's a lot of Rakdos in mono white and stuff, I would still say there's a lot of decks there. You know, if you just even look at the top, you know, 16 or top 24, I still think that there's a de- a good balance, I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Um, All right. Hmm. So now we move on to Sophia. Yeah, if that's okay. Do you want to do the main event first? I would love to do yeah. the main event. Let's go so big this event one was Sophia. 406 players. Okay. Um, and then we can see in top eight that there is a three three copies of Is It Phoenix, one of Abs mm-hmm. and Grease Fang, one of Rakados Sacrifice, one of Devotion, and one of Azorius Control, and a Rakados midrange player. I don't see anything new in these uh, Sky Sovereign, not Sky Sovereign, in these uh, Grease Fang decks. No, no, they, they didn't get a whole lot uh, with this new new set. There wasn't a lot of cards that were like very impressive for it. Um, it the shell I, was already just kind of built, so. Mm-hmm. I do like that more people are embracing the one of a Tassiger in the main phase. I I remember playing that way back one of my earlier builds. You know. You know, when I was building it, and uh, it's a powerful card. It can't get fatal pushed. Um, it uses your graveyard very well. So, mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, I, I think yeah. the, the spicy deck is the Rakados Sacrifice deck. That's a deck we mm. have not talked about yet. Now we see it in top it. Was there anything new in this one? Like, uh, what makes this spicier than the usual Sacrifice decks? I don't know if there's anything new necessarily. However, mm-hmm. uh, we do see it just existing, which I think is cool. Because mm-hmm. we've only ever seen Rakados midrange up to this point in the bigger events, and I, I don't, Any... I, I don't know this player, so I don't know if they were like an expert in this deck or they just really like it. But I still think it's super interesting and super fun that we saw it. It does have a good matchup against uh, Rakdos midrange, correct? This is more no grindy. I, I would say so. At least traditionally, it always did. Um, this is not on like oven, or sorry, this is on oven, but it's not on anvil, mm-hmm. which I thought was always one of the hardest cards for that deck. But you know, witch's ovens can still be pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other uh, decks stand out in that like top twenty-four? Anything else you want to talk about? I see. I think the thing I want to yeah. talk about here is the Rakados midrange eighth seat players list because mm-hmm. this man decided, hey, you know what? I we're gonna register. Three copies of Power Word Kale. Hmm. That that I think to me was like a very interesting. And he he's still registering Liliana because what we're seeing with a lot of these new Rakdos midrange lists is Liliana being cut in favor of Misery Shadow. Uh, mm. I'm trying to figure out what this guy cut for his deck, and I just sim- I I don't I don't know what he's now not playing for our space I and mean, all these cards. Dread Boars are down. I feel like that that's kind of a concession. Is like the Dread Boar was always really good against blue white, but you're all you're already going to be good against blue white, especially if you're leaving in the Lilianas. So you know he's trimming a copy of Graveyard Trespasser. He's trimming how many lands is he running here? Twenty four. Yeah, Mayo. That that's about right on land. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, nothing crazy that he's trimming, I feel like, overall. But I, yeah, I do want to also, yeah, that power word kill, we kind of all were like, oh, hey, is Go for the Throat going to replace it? And I think we can uh, definitely say that no. Um, there's enough artifact decks out there that mm-hmm. power word kill just doesn't really miss much right now. No, I, I, I would actually enjoy talking about it. I, I do think power word kill actually misses out a lot now. I think the meta oh, should shift, okay. if anything. Because um, we, we are seeing the popularity of the Celestia's Ang- uh, Angels deck with the, the new mm-hmm. card... Um, I think it's Kalia's Reconstruction. Reconstruction, yeah. Yeah, whatever the new Sub-Coco is. Uh, we're Love we're it. seeing uh, the non-angel part come up. Uh, we're also seeing the rise of Mono White. You know what Mono White has? Mutavolt. You know what Power Word Kill doesn't kill? Mutavolt, which is really important. A lot of things that Mutavolt hmm. is, yeah. <laughs> because you need to be able to interact with that card at instant speed. And the instant speed removal spell you are choosing does not kill it. Hmm. Uh, but I we, we have these copies of Liliana of the Veil, which I guess, I don't know, it, it just feels like a band-aid on a flesh wound, you know? Like, we need something better than this. This is not gonna, this isn't gonna band-aid the deck, but uh, hey man, he made top eight, uh, so go him. If we're going through the rest of these decks here, I, I, they're outside of the top eight. We have a Grinning Ingus combo, and we also have a Jun Citadel deck, if you guys want to talk about that real quick. We, I'd love to. We, People have been talking about Grinning Ingus combo for the longest time, and you know there were a few of those in the uh, in the smaller Atlanta event as well. We didn't really go into them, but yeah, we can talk about them because there's one here. Looks like they just fell outside of top sixteen. Yeah, but uh, you know it's, it's something we've talked about. You know, I had talked, I had put out an article with Defiler of Instinct and um, Grinning Ingus as a combo here. You know, they're running Risen Reef, which is still a good way to go because the it's an elemental that the, keeps um, coming into what's play. Called, yeah, it is an elemental that keeps coming back into play. Mm-hmm. You know, most of these things are cocoa bowl, so that kind of all works together well with the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of want to ask, you know, is a deck like this kind of like a flash in the pan? Is this something that just caught people off guard and people be ready for it next time and it won't be good? Or is this something that can stick around and, and hang around? Like, Kruga Fires, I thought it was going to be a flash in the pan. Now I'm convinced it'll stick around. You know, at least until we get like Smuggler's Copter or something else to really supercharge aggro decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, Grinning Ingus combo is not a deck that you need to prepare for because the deck is just bad. I do not think that this deck has any legs <laughs> to stay on. I think the fact that Easily you're disrupted, revol- yeah, you're revolving around a three pieces, right? I believe. I correct me if I'm wrong, but you do need a Hazard's Monument or a Discounter in play, and you need the Grinning Ingus, and you need a way to kill them. So Defiler can be two of those. Defiler reduces the cost and is a way to kill them, mm-hmm. but you then need to have, like, one or more Prosperous Innkeepers in play. I don't think this list is actually... Yeah, okay, it's running four. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it works out. But I, I think this deck just isn't good. I think there's other things you could be doing that are a lot more powerful. Like, we, we also see a new Flash in the Pan combo deck with uh, the, 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 the Teamer combo that we see here in the same tournament. There's just a bunch of these weird combo decks that you just don't know how to play around and they'll mm-hmm. do well because you don't know how to play around like if we really want to look at it jeskai breach in modern i know it's a different format but we it was it was underrated for forever nobody really knew how to play against it so when it was doing really really well it was just a shock to everyone because they didn't know they didn't know what to do you don't know how to play around that stuff so this is you know ryan ryan i think you've got at least one deck to talk about too in the other uh, tournaments we're going to talk about 
Yeah, in the other tournaments, yeah, definitely. Man, this Timur combo deck's hilarious with Storm yeah. Herald. <laughs> this Timur combo deck is oh funny. God. I saw I saw someone talking about it uh, in uh, my testing <laughs> Discord. God, They're like, not "Oh, this is a t- this one is a thousand times worse than Grenadiers." Oh, I'm just uh, gonna say, yeah, it. no, this deck is bad. It's the um <laughs> for for reference so that everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, it is the Storm Herald combo where you put a classification and I think it's Burning Anger on news to hunt your guy and you just throw twenty three well, your opponent. What is Storm dead. Herald? Uh, Storm Herald returns all auras from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to him. And classification mm. gives it plus 20, plus 20, but taps it. But there's a trigger on the stack to tap it. And so in response to that, you'll have Burning Anger already equipped to your guy because it's in your graveyard. And Burning Anger just says, tap it, deal damage equal to its power to target thing. Usually uh, your opponent. So you just make a big Storm Herald, tap it real quick, kill your opponent. That's, That's the so entire janky. combo. So janky. Uh, it has an awful secondary plan, which Grinning is, has a better secondary plan, which I'm surprised to say it. It has a better secondary plan, because usually the secondary plan of Grinning Ingus isn't that great. Um, this deck hmm. is... I The fact that he got to 21st, just a 10-4 and 1 record, he should have got the trophy. He's the real winner in my heart. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Uh, we also see the Jun Citadel deck that you wanted to mention. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it doesn't have uh, the... Uh, uh, the new card. Uh, I forgot what the name of it was already. Uh, Diabolic Intent. There we go. I mean, Diabolic Intent is kind of poo poo, so I'm not surprised we don't see it in here. But the card we do see in here, which is kind of weird, is Liliana Her- Heretic Healer or Heretical mm. Hero Healer, which is just kind of like <laughs> it. wild. It looks like uh, this guy was like, "Man, I forgot one of my Lanowar Elves at home," because he's only playing three of Lanowar Elves. So he just mm-hmm. bought a card at the <laughs> borrowed a card off a friend and stuck it in. Hmm. Maybe. And maybe he, you know, did the math and he wanted his collective companies to always hit a certain number of three drops, so uh I don't know. So nine dorks being three of each is the perfect way to go. <laughs> I, I just always find it uh, astounding how these players come to these conclusions, because I would not have come to this conclusion whatsoever. Just big brains. They're just smarter. They're just better. They, I mean, they're the ones that yeah. had the better results, so they obviously must know more than me. Here we go. Uh, um, did we go for it? I don't, I don't think we went over the um, the meta yet for this event. Should we no, talk about I don't that real we quick? Have. Oh, sure. Let's let's uh, run through it. Okay. I don't know why it says. Too it's like I haven't talked much, so I'm just gonna yell about them. Is a uh, monogreen devotion seventy nine? Uh, you know, about twenty percent of the field. Mm-hmm. Vectos mid range about fifteen percent. Uh, is it Phoenix about fourteen percent? So actually, really close there on the uh, Rectos's heels. Karuga fire is the next most popular at six percent. Blue white control. Sorry, Bant Spirits, Mono White Humans, Abzan Greasefing, um, Grill Vehicles, Recto Sacrifice, Green White Angels. You know, now we're getting down to like the 2%. So like those yeah, are all 2 to 5%. It, it seems like there's a lot less aggro mm-hmm. at the European hmm. event. More combo, more mid-range. Yeah. Um, I think we, we see this as like a difference of ideals. Um, I know that, uh, talking about my energy previous experience, going into this, what I'm used to is a lot more people playing decks that they like. And mm-hmm. then when I went to the States, uh, in the first team tournament, I think my Pioneer seat played against Mono Green seven times in, in eight mm-hmm. rounds. <laughs> wow. Seven times in eight rounds, which I was so flabbergasted. I was not ready for the next day now, because I was like, hey, now I have to play against Mono Green a bunch. And... I think I think just in Europe the the entire idea is we're playing the best decks and we're trying to win. Obviously, there's a lot there's a lot less people here, so the meta kind of looks a little bit it can, can easily change and look a lot more different. 
but bringing the best deck was a lot of what a lot of the people did here because they had to travel so far for it. It was in mm-hmm. Bulgaria, which is very far for a lot of uh, Western Europeans. So if they're going to travel out this far, they're going to bring the best deck and try to win the tournament. So we talked about the top eight. Did we talk about the winners of this event? Uh, I don't believe so. The winner of this Miguel one, Castro? Yep. I think it was is it Phoenix, Phoenix, right? Yep, it was Miguel yeah. Castro on Is It Phoenix. With the, the classic sideboard split of two of everything and with three of one thing. And we hmm. also see Brotherhood End making a sideboard appearance. Um, I was going to ask, you know, we, we have three Phoenix, you know, in the top eight. Do you think this will uh, have some uh, hot take salty people uh, call for uh, Treasure Cruises banning again? Because, you know, oh, look, um, it's there's three in the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, Todd Anderson already crawled for Treasure Cruises banning like this morning, but I do think that it's it, it would be over exaggerated to say that uh-huh. this is a problem. You know, I feel like it, even though people were expecting it, it was a little bit of a flash in the pan that it did this well across mm-hmm. these tournaments. Like I do feel like it kind of was something that people were just a little bit unprepared for. It's very much a deck that you can hate by playing additional graveyard hate, and we just didn't quite see that enough. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think is it Phoenix just doing well randomly is not indicative of anything. I don't think we'll see more people teching for it or anything like that. Like we saw a lot of these tournaments, like day two of DreamHack was a similar mm-hmm. size in tournament, and we saw three copies of Red Black in top eight. Like variance variances between these top, I guess now four decks that I'm, I like talking about. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. And I was going to say, it looks like there, there wasn't a lot of white decks. And I think white is especially good against, uh, or against like the graveyard based decks. You know, like Rest in Peace is hard for an Is It Phoenix deck, uh, is it Phoenix deck to kind of get around, I think. So, you know, when, when you don't have a lot of people playing Rest in Peace, you have the decks like Abzan Grease Fang making it to the top eight. And like you said, Is It Phoenix and, and other stuff. And even I would say the, uh, you know the Gen Citadel and like the sacrifice decks, they do better when there's less hate around. But yeah. uh, anyways, anything else you guys want to talk uh, about for the main event, or do you want to talk about the day two event that they had in Sofia? I think I'm ready to move on. You okay, Kevin? Yep, I was muted. Let's keep moving on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, but we're looking at the day two event now, and we can see the top eight being Ignatic Fires, uh, mm. Mono Green Devotion, making four copies here, Johnny mm. Sacrifice, okay. Karuga Fires, and something we haven't talked about yet, Mono Red Aggro. Yay! Mono Red Aggro. The little deck that could. <laughs> uh, so we found where the Mono Green all went. <laughs> it went to yeah. Sophia on day two. Yeah. Uh, but if we're looking at meta shares, especially, we can start talking about that. It is nineteen percent of the field was Rakados mid range. For Mono Green Devotion, there was only nineteen players that registered this deck in this tournament, and four of them made top eight, representing thirteen percent of the field. Is it Phoenix? Ten percent. Mono White Humans? Six percent. We're talking about numbers that are at nine now. There was a lot of uh, random deck uh, dis- uh, disparity here, as we can yeah. see. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I wanted to point out Andrea Mangucci winning. I, he, he won it, right? I believe with Enemetic Fires? I believe so. I think he did. But uh, just like pros in general, I feel like, you know, before we had a lot of people talk 
you know, just they were interested in Pioneer when it first was announced back in 2019. I felt a lot of them left it, especially the content creators. But now we kind of see, I mean, not only Android, but I mean, I'll talk about it later, um, you know, in my uh, discussion of the uh, God of Pioneer event. They're kind of embracing Pioneer as a competitive format now. And especially, you know, with the announcement of these, you know, uh, none of the regional qualifiers, but like just like these these other big events, these 10Ks, whatever, that are happening as well. I think we're going to see a lot more um, pro players come out of the woodwork to, to play in these events more and, and embrace Pioneer wholeheartedly. Would you guys agree? Hopefully you, you guys are out there listening to us right now, you know, getting getting uh, caught up on what's going on in the competitive. I mean, do you think so? I mean, do you think that we've reached a turning point, especially with this last weekend, where, hey, now the pros kind of have to pay attention. They have to, you know, start learning Pioneer and playing Pioneer, and we'll see them at these events in the future? Yeah, I think that's, I think we'll see them because like the things that all these pros want and the things that a lot of Magic players want are just money. No, compa- competition, <laughs> competitive sense. They want to live the Magic okay. dream. They want to go to the player store. Yeah. They want to yeah. have their face plastered all over Twitter. You know, there you go. The, 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 this entire yeah. goal of making it the American dream, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> they, they they want. I, that. I also can confirm uh, Andrew Medici did win that tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did? Okay. Thanks. That's what everybody wanted. They wanted. They wanted something to go, and the route that they have to take there's a there is through Pioneer, because that's what these events are. Pioneer. Next next month it'll be or sorry next RC season it'll be standard. But mm-hmm. with these next, with this one and the next one being Pioneer. Uh, yeah. I no. Do. I think it'll. I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, we'll see a lot more people. We'll see a lot more pros mm-hmm. come out of the woodworks. We'll see a lot more new and upcoming players. Mm-hmm. Those. I think it's a very interesting time for tournaments because we see a lot of people like myself who came up through mm-hmm. COVID and yeah. magically got really, really good really, really quickly. And I can tell you that I was an unknown name going into a lot of these tournaments that I ended up winning. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I think this is going to be a really interesting time for pro play. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to create a catchphrase when, when you beat them. Oh, I I <laughs> yeah. usually I usually uh, try to shocked. josh around my opponent. Ashy no, act. no, 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 no. I, no okay. I I sadly don't have that as my catchphrase. Maybe, okay. maybe you got uh, nightmare weaving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wove his nightmare. There we go. We found it. I'm out here weaving nightmares, but no, I think um, maybe we'll see that for our uh, for our exit today. Especially in this topic, <laughs> I know you guys might not know him, but I'm pretty sure I recognize Pete Ward's name. He's a he's um he is a killer uh, killer germ on Twitter. I believe he's a he's a more he's usually a more of a vintage guy, but mm-hmm. he I get he came out of the woodworks for this one and did really well. So yeah, shout out I to him like on Green. We'll probably we're probably seeing a lot of people, a lot of streamers, and a lot of uh, you know people, MTGO players and whatnot that are uh, taking part in these events. Probably like for their first Paper Magic. So I know there's a lot of people that that just like have never played Paper Magic before, and this is like their first big event because, like you said, of COVID and in, in, in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. but um anyways so yeah we talked about the top yeah. eight there we talked about the decks anything else you guys want to talk about i want to so talk get about the creativity deck yeah i, I was know. gonna actually mention that uh 10th place we see a creativity list which is the first time i think we've seen a creativity list on the front page mm-hmm. maybe i'm not entirely sure but um this this deck list is playing a, a, a wide variety of random miscellaneous cards that i wouldn't even think like i i had mm-hmm. to look at a few of these cards like flip the switch that's a new one mm-hmm. um I th- i'm pretty sure that's the loot where you make a make a power stone or something uh secrets of the key 
don't know what that does. Don't ask me. Um, there's, there's like, like a lot of this, this list looks very innovative and something very new that we haven't seen before. Yeah. I wouldn't have any idea how this works. Mm-hmm. I know that you get to break well, your, you know, Ryan. So if anyone's like Ryan and actually hasn't seen this deck at all, what you do is you're going to indomitable creativity and hit two artifacts or, or you, sorry, creatures or enchantments, artifacts, sorry, or, creatures creature or artifacts. artifacts. <laughs> um, and then you search through your deck for another creature or artifact and, and you only, only have two. two in the whole deck. Yeah. So you put Xenagos and World Spine Worm into play. Xenagos gives the World Spine Worm uh, plus 15, plus 15 in haste. So it swings as a 30-30. 30-30 triple yeah. haste. That'll do it. And I've heard a lot of people talking about how good Fire Prophecy is in this type of deck because it helps you to like basically get rid of any of the combo pieces that you have in your deck. Yeah, like you've actually drawn throughout the game. So it's either... So Secrets of the Key yeah. was uh, Midnight Hunt. It mm-hmm. was one blue mana instant to investigate... And it can oh, flash back for blue and three, and if you do it from the graveyard, you get two from there. So it yeah, creates no. a new uh, token. So either, so basically, this whole deck is either making tokens to hit with your Endowment Creativity, or st- things that can protect your combo, you know, protecting the Endowment Creativity and stuff like that. Is that correct? And then, yeah, the combo. Mm-hmm. The... Ooh, maybe I, I want to try... Um, There's that new Visions of Phyrexia, or whatever it's called. Um, after I opened that card, I realized you know I, re- I reread that card and realized that if you play an instant with it in your end step, you get the counter and or you get the power stone token and the card. Never mind, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> You're uh, good. Don't listen to me, anybody. <laughs> um, another deck that kind of uh, uh, is kind of interesting is this um, Azorius Humans deck in fifteenth. Mm. Uh, we I know I know we I know a piece interest. One. We see aggro. We see aggro. Uh, it's playing yeah. a lot of a lot of interesting cards. It's not actually humans. I believe this is actually just soldier tribal with uh, yeah, a human sub theme. Because uh, yeah. we see four copies of Raise the Alarm in a competitive format, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think I is very it, interesting. But there's a, there's a lot of interesting cards in in this deck. It's obviously very inspired by the new set. We see a lot of like uh, obviously a lot of the more soldier tri or soldier matters cards. We also see a lot of like familiar faces. With that being like Thraven Inspector, Reflector Mage, like cards of the past, which are now like actively becoming better. With this, these mm-hmm. new um, spoilers for soldiers, which I think is like super, super awesome, super interesting. We love seeing new decks pop up. So, do you guys think this will gain more traction, or do you think that mono white humans are just kind of just gonna, you know, take over as far as like the most popular aggro deck? I like, do you think people think will give this a chance if the methods to hate them are the same. You know, I'm really surprised this isn't playing uh, Thalia, which I, th- I was going to say is strange. She's a soldier, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably because yeah, so it's playing a lot. I mean, of I guess they're magic. trying to go hard on the you know raise the alarm, make disappear, but mm-hmm. um, it, it'll depend, I think, on whether the same cards that hate mono white humans hate out the other aggro lists that play similar. In mm-hmm. which case, you know, that can sometimes give a lot of splash damage to it. So if it's different, if it's like, hey, you know, I'm playing a deck that is really good against humans, but if it doesn't hit this Azorius humans because you know. It doesn't hit their flyers, or it doesn't, you know, play well into their counter spells. Something like that. That's where this kind of deck could uh, could pick up and do well. I would say this is also a, a good budget version of Monoi Humans. If people maybe don't want to spend the money on the um, what Adelines, which are kind of getting kind of pricey now, and uh, what was it the uh, uh, the three man enchantments uh, uh, that makes uh, the wedding announcement. The wedding announcement. Yeah, if they don't want to spend money on that stuff, this is a little bit more. Uh, affordable. Uh, I I don't even know what the most pricey thing. I would I would think most of the stuff here is like under five bucks each. 
Or three uh, bucks each, probably. To go back to the comment about whether Except or not it's going to be better about than Mono White, I think that this deck might just be, like, in the realm of, like, Mono Blue Spirits versus Bant Spirits. Mm-hmm. It could just mm-hmm. be very meta-dependent, because uh, yeah. a, a lot of these decks attack on very different accesses. Um, when when you want a uh, counterspell, right? You can yeah, play the this one's a lot white. more of like a, a mid-rangey counterspell interaction. When Mono White is just kind of like, I made a f- I played a Savannah Lions on turn one, go. I mean, some some decks like, you know, Lotus uh, Field, maybe they w- won't... I mean, there's very few ways for uh, some aggro decks to interact with, with that, and sometimes Lotus Field can just kind of be faster, you know, get that turn three win or whatever. But if you're playing this blue-white version, maybe you can counter... That's you know that combo. Want to ask? And again, they do have silence. Yeah, I think that's possible. I, I don't think we should focus too hard just on this one deck because yeah. we do have a couple more tournaments yeah. we'd like to cover. I have one Anything more thing else? that I want to look at throughout this tournament. Did we? Did mm-hmm. any of us look at this mono red aggro list that top aided? Uh, I did for a little bit. Yeah, it's bit. another. Yeah. Uh, I just saw it's it was kind of a tour brand. I didn't see anything. It's, uh, it's, crazy I think there. it's the opposite of clean, if anything. I, oh, it's not uh, clean. One, yeah. one soul scar sure. mage, one phoenix chick, two zergo bell striker. I have no... There's one Nykthos, by the way. There's one Nykthos as a land in this deck. One what? Reckless Rage. Okay. Yeah. Four Embercleave. It's... Three Runaway Steam yeah, I, Four Bonecrusher Giants. Just, like, mainstay okay. cards. Just random. I think this guy last night had a little bit too much to drink and was, like... Pl- Red decks I own. Red cards playing I Playing some Yahtzee. He was like, all right, Soul Mage. How many of this card are we playing? Roll the dice. Ah, one... <laughs> Well, you know, Goblin Chain Leader's got three more in the sideboard. I mean, that kind of makes sense to clear the board from any of the 1-1 one, one blockers, any of the, um, uh, how can I say, the sacrifice decks that are pl- putting a lot of 1-1s into play. Mm-hmm. You know, I can understand that. I'm just you know, confused Zergo, how we came to... Body. Well, hey, he had one of the best mono-red results of the weekend. So. Two yeah. Zergo Bell Strikers was the correct amount. To one Soulscar <laughs> Mage and one Phoenix. I, I am... I would love to know the reason. And two Fanatical Firebrand, by the way. Those are the one mm-hmm. drops. With, uh, the four as Annex well. as well. Wow. I think the four Annex is fine. I'm not too much of a hater of that. If anything, I'm a hater of the one Reckless Rage in the main for... Uh, <laughs> yeah. For whatever matchup. I don't know what matchup that's for. The, like, for obviously, like, kill creatures with four toughness. But, like, yeah. one, one, in the, one in the 75, and it's in the main. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, know. sorry. I was looking at a different deck earlier. This one is not clean. This list is interesting of how yes. it got here, but regardless, more tournaments to talk about. All right, so moving on to the next one. Uh, we... I think the next one's either Brazil or Japan, right? Well, you can save Japan for last. Yeah, sure. Let's go, to, let's go to Brazil. Uh, did someone want to introduce this one? I've been taking all the introductions. You want to do it, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I mean, you want me to just run through the archetype breakdown yeah, for Brazil? Yeah, 196 before? people, I believe, right? Yeah, 196 in Brazil. We had Mono Green Devotion, Rakdos Midrange, Is It Phoenix? Um, so those top three were at 13%, 11%, and 8.6%. And Azorius Control right behind them at 8%. Um, Abzan Greasefang, fifth most popular, at 6%. Then we saw Karuga Fires, Mono White Humans, Bant Spirits, Sledsnia Angels, Mono Green Ramp, which I'm not sure why that's separate from Devotion. And Mono Blue Spirits um, plus Mono Red Aggro and Recto Sacrifice as all of our decks above 2%, which in this is about four players. Wow. Um, so There is some very big difference in win percentage here. Mm-hmm. We're seeing... Ooh, so let me, uh, let me look at it that way. Yeah, so looking at win percentages, well, this Rakdos Control, don't know what that is. So let's looking at ones with more than, you know, four players... Uh, Recto Sacrifice is one of our highest on the win percentages. Mono Red Aggro also with a very strong win re- percentage, and Recto's Midrange, uh, you know, closing it up as being the only other deck 
with an above 50% win rate mm-hmm. at uh, more than, you know, three copies. So kind of funny there. You know, it's it's hard to take a lot from just that information. Uh, I'd rather go ahead and look quick at the top eight, which I'm also yeah. just going to run through here. Mm-hmm. We had a blue-black control, a blue-white control, a red-black mid-range, another red-black mid-range, a Selesnia Company, Monogreen Devotion, Is It Phoenix, Jund Sacrifice. Um, so a couple weird ones there that we Whoa. definitely would like to take a look into here. Whoa, I'm looking at this list in the company. That's yeah, that list is uh, that list is interesting. Um, so that is a not Yorian. your usual. Yeah, that's not the Angels Company. This is a Yorian uh, Company deck. It's got some big weird things going on here. So it's got um, collected company, but it's also got seven drops. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see how that works exactly. So I'll read through it. So it's got four voice resurgence, four selfless spirit. Three Landware Elves, three Elvish Mystic, two Scavenging Ooze, two Extraction Specialist, two Skyclave Apparition, two Remorseful Cleric, two Knight of Autumn, two Simeon Simulacrum, two Anointed Peacekeeper. Yeah, the Simulacrum is the uh, the, the new uh, two one ape oh, I like that counters on stuff. Oh, yeah, it's got two Frexen. Yeah, it's got two Frexen Revoker, um, two Charming Prince, an Augur of uh, Autumn, a Fierce Empath. Which uh, is a one one for three that lets you search for a creature with six uh, or greater. Titan of Industry is a one off. Decimator of the Provinces. Wow. Eldrazi Displacer and Moon Bless Cleric, which searches for your library for an enchantment and puts it on top. And what are we looking for? It so, looks like so if I can Elspeth. rename this real quick. Yeah. yeah, we just have Elspeth Conquers Death as far as enchantments. Um, unless if any of these creatures no. are enchantments. So has Court of Calling. And fateful. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and rename this deck real quick. This is enigmaticless enigmatic because this just feels like you know the kind of the shell what you're trying to do with enigmatic incarnation, but being all creature based with Coco instead of running the enigmatic package here. You called it a lot nicer name than I would have called it. I would have said this is a uh, green white cards I own. <laughs> green white <laughs> you know, pile. A little bit of that there we too. go. It's, it, it, there is. There seems to be no law. Um, Maybe he did math, but when you come to a lot of these tournaments, what I'm looking for is why are we playing these amount of cards? Why why is it exactly one fierce empath? And from what I'm looking here, I cannot gather anything of meaningful data other than to grab a six drop to try to kill your opponent with the, the decimator of the provinces. But like, why yeah. one displacer? Why one moon base cleric? Like these are the things that a lot of us competitive players are trying to like, think of. Like why mm-hmm. why are they making the decisions that they are? And I can't a answer a with... single question for you. It, <laughs> I understand that you bring me in as the competitive seat, but for this one, uh-uh. I got I got no expertise on this one. <laughs> All right, let's not, let's not uh, get hung up on it then because we still but have a couple I, things. To I talk uh, about I gotta right you know give him a hand though for give Tulio a hand for making it to the top eight with that deck. Wow. Hmm. Um. Demir Control, top top deck. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a very interesting list too, where we you see a lot of like Ashiok and Soren. Yeah, it's playing a one of Soren, a one of Ashiok. Uh, the other cards that I want to highlight while I'm going through this really quick, he's playing a lot of like one ofs. Like it's a one of Negate, a one of Rona's Vortex, a one of Memory Deluge, Dig Through Time, Extinction Event, one of Celestius. Things are Why? I don't know. <laughs> one search for his counter for the boys still clinging on to that card. Uh, we just see a lot of like more more um, a blue white approach where you have a lot of these cards that are very narrow but very good in certain matchups, and you play a lot more of these cards that try to like filtrate like Narset, dig through time, and similar to try to like. Oh man, he's playing filter. a siphon insight in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? I tried to make that one work in a fun deck. Yeah, that one's a that one's an interesting one. You want to read it for us? 
Me? Uh, so that one, no, let me see if I can do it off memory real quick yeah. here. I believe you look at the top two of the opponent's library, mm-hmm. and you put one in the graveyard and the other one exiled face down. Mm-hmm. You can look at it, and as long as it's face down, you can cast it using mana of any type. And then it flashes back for, like, one blue-black? Yep, exactly correct. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything? Oh, man. <laughs> exactly correct. It is a uh, little uh, gaunty. It's a little gaunty. Uh, but uh, again, I still I, I think that, that it's really cool that these lists are doing really well. But is it something that I'm considering playing? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to play this yeah. list. I would say a lot of these lists would be really hard to pick up and play because these guys, you know, these people have you know some kind of method or way they understand. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's the Brazilian metagame down there or something like that. And they know that how to play. You know, with this amount of cards and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I think other people are just be like what. Huh? Like, <laughs> oh, I need this card, but I don't have this card. I only have one of these cards. Oh, I can't draw that. You know, I, I just think it'd be really frustrating for other people to try to pick up and play it. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think something that we can take away from the Brazilian meta, from at least my understanding, is I used to play a lot of Etron and Modern, and when I used to when I was like really popular making content for that, one of the biggest people that consumed my content were from Brazil. And the mm-hmm. reason that regardless of the meta, I still had people from Brazil asking me about, I still to this day get people asking me about sideboard guides and just random advice about Etron from Brazil is because mm. it's a lot of playing the cards that you own. It is, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you don't have the chance to buy a lot of cards there. You don't yes. have a lot of like selections. So yes. Cards that you just the, have. The is not in the best spot right now. It just, is incredibly difficult to get price, to get cards for good prices down there, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really difficult. So you see a lot of people playing things that they own or a lot more weirder lists because mm-hmm. they only had access to these cards. So yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, uh, but that that's at least my understanding of the situation. Yeah, Wizards, if you're listening to this, try to improve the uh, the uh, distribution down there a little bit. Let's get Make our uh, Brazilian friends some more magic cards. Yes, um, yeah. but I, I think we see also in this uh, top eight, we see a done sacrifice list, which is we, we saw a... Um, Saw red black sacrifice, but now we're actually mm-hmm. seeing Corvold come back, and this one's actually playing Diabolic Intent. Ooh, it's playing two copies of it. Um, what are they searching for? I uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's probably whatever is going to kill the opponent. <laughs> it's a lot of the time it ends up being just like Mayhem Devil. But another mm-hmm. interesting card that we're seeing be utilized here is Shambling Ghast as a mm-hmm. turn two Diabolic Intent. This creature get out of here and get some minor value with either a treasure token or killing your opponent's Lano Elf. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, being I, able to kill the Llanowar Elf turn two is really cool. I like the Carry Zev as well. I know most of these decks usually run Claim the Firstborn, but Carry Zev's is neat because you can cast, you know, you cast it, gain control of something, right? Yeah, and then you can play something. And then the you can cast Diabolic Intent, Sacrifice it, right? Uh, I don't know about that one. Is that how that works? It says gain control, oh, creature, um, untap it, gains haste, and then you may cast a spell. So after you gain control, you can cast a spell, yeah, right? So you, yeah, you I guess control that you would, you'd be able to sacrifice that creature. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of neat. We're still seeing three claim the firstborn in this list as well. I think the thing that I want to point out as the person competitive looking at this list is mm-hmm. we see one fatal push in the main, one in the board. I mm. feel as though that maybe this list needs a few more fatal pushes, but... <laughs> Ah. It's possible. You know, th- that deck didn't always run four copies of Fatal Push, so maybe there's some there is some leeway to play around with that there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one is definitely uh, interesting. So you got to claim the firstborn is to get rid of those small creatures and ah. then sacrifice them, right? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe... And the Shambling Gas, like we just said. Shambling yeah. Gas maybe changes it, but I don't think it changes it enough. Mm. I'm surprised not to see a... Um, 
you know, to see Bullet Citadel, because that's a nice one to be able to search for with the diabolical intent. Yeah, I agree, actually. I didn't even think about that. We also see a status statue in the board of this list, which I think is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that one, uh, so if you guys don't know, you can give you Death Touch to your... um, Mayhem Devil. To your Mayhem Devil and just shoot down a bunch of probably humans, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Anything. Anything with a thick butt, gone. No, too much power and too much toughness, gone. Hmm. Uh, but uh, other than that, looking throughout the, a lot of the bottom lists, we see a lot more of the, the, our familiar faces. Uh, I think the the only thing that we see that's like semi interesting and like the up to sixteenth place is a bant mm-hmm. humans list. But we've already kind of talked about the, the this style of humans with where we're starting mm-hmm. to integrate some soldiers. And I think that's really all I can see for interesting lists. Uh, okay. We, I think we see our first uh, five color Niv Mizzet shout out Claudio. Yeah, I was um, about to I was about to shout out Claudio. Twenty third. Uh, yeah, I think I heard Claudio uh, went like zero two or one two drop or something. Yeah, it's Claudio did not have a good day. Yeah, he got unlucky. Yeah, but no, this 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 five color Niv Mizzet player ended up top eight or not top eighting. Um, twenty third. So mm-hmm. still representing Claudio strong. Yeah. There you go. Ah, uh, and we see a Gary's Cursed Huntsman in the board of this list. That's a that's a that's a me card. I kept asking Claudio <laughs> if he could play that card, and he kept saying no. But then he then he eventually agreed when he found out that it makes wolves right and Tulsa yeah. makes. See, wolves I was gonna fight. say I've seen Claudio play way worse. Like I remember when he was playing the old flip Arlen. Oh yeah, that one. I still call him out on that one. That one is. Fun. Uh, I think that was like night pack, <laughs> night pack ambusher, Arlen night pack ambush or something like that. Anyway, it's that card was awful. Yeah, uh, which is a shame. I feel like it could have been a good card if they just switched the plus ones to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Regardless. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, my dogs are just deciding to go nuts. We love to see it. All right. Do we want to move on to yeah. other side of the world and go right to Japan? Yeah. Let's finish it up with some Japan decks. So, um, seems like a good. Place yeah. We. To be. By the way, for anybody listening, we did uh, pin all of these. Uh, meta things and deck not deck list but the the links to like the empty jimilies all this stuff is going to be in our discord in the competitive play tab under pioneer event results you can find all this stuff here um but uh uh yeah i was reporting on the god of pioneer 223 people last weekend and uh had a lot of people following me and fire shoes put up a hilarious auto translation of the decks do you guys want me to read it to you do you want I to would guess love for you to read them as they are yeah, I mean, do you want to guess what they are? Can we guess what they are? Okay, so the first one is Lactose Midrange. That one's pretty easy, right? That yeah. blue white Rakdos. Yeah, Rakdos. <sighs> so close. So um, that was about six. They came up with 16.1% of the metagame, uh, 36 players for that. Then there's Fazolius Control. What is Fazolius Control? I think well, that's Azorius. Rakdos yeah, yeah, I'm used to these because we that used to always easy. translate these decks when you had uh, a lot of tournaments coming out of Japan. I mean, I can read it, but... <laughs> yeah, so that was 8.5%. Um, and then we have Green Duan Piety. I think we got our mono green. Yeah, there we go. That was the other translate. That was 8.1%. And then we have Abu Zampalia Hirion. Hmm. So Abzan Parhalion. There you go. That's pretty. That's eight yeah, percent as well. There's eighteen players on that one. Then we have Bunto Spirits. Uh, Bant Spirits. Yeah. Let's keep going. Eleven percent at four point nine. All right. Well, yeah. what's next? Okay. Okay. Is it Phoenix? That was easy. Um, Fire of Ideas deck. Fire's invention. There go, we go. 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 Fire Moth. Fire Moth. We, we had white, white white single aggro at four point one. Lotus Compo 
at 4.1. And then uh, Blue Single Spirits. It uh, feels like they were the only one there, I'm guessing. Group Aircraft, Infinite Dungeons, Red Single Aggro, Black Eft. I don't know. Should I, should I say it? I don't uh, know. Can we say it? Bleeped. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Black Eft Aggro. There we go. And then yeah, Glixus Midrange. Glixus Midrange. There we go. Yeah, wait, I'm missing Group air, Group Aircraft. What's that yeah, one? Yeah, Group Aircraft is probably uh, Green Red. It's uh, probably Gruel Air. Uh, ah, Gruel Boat. Or, Gruel, yeah. Gruel Vehicles. But the thing that we all, I want to point out about this tournament specific is we're seeing 20% occupancy rate to other decks. So those are decks that have two or one copy. I think it's one copy for this mm-hmm. tournament. But we see a lot of individualistic choices in Japan. Do you want to elaborate as to why? I think I understand why, but... But individualistic, I mean, people just kind of going against the... Uh, We're seeing a lot of one-ofs. We, we saw 46 people register mm-hmm. one or, or an individual copy of a deck. We did not see a repeat of it. Is there a reason for this? Oh, you mean the rogue decks and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Yes. I mean, I would say it, it does come down to people playing what they like and play what they want and also playing decks that might not be good in the meta. Like, you know, WK Midori plays Lotus Combo, and that I didn't see Lotus Combo in that... Did they have wait? Was Lotus Combo in there? Nine right? copies. Yeah. Yeah, Lotus Combo's in there. But like sometimes people just play a deck that hasn't shown up for a while, and they you know they just want to play. Um, I played Bard Class. There was another person on Bard Class, so there's actually like two people I think for that, mm-hmm. two or three people. Um, yeah, I, I I would say, I don't know. Maybe it's just hard to classify, or maybe people, you know, they play Esper you know, control instead of uh, Azorius control, or they're they're playing Jun sacrifice or some other kind of sacrifice other than Rakdo sacrifice. So like when when they are classifying these, I think that they kind of classify those other how can I say variants as different decks instead of putting them all together. Interesting. Yeah, and I think the other here is everything else. So that's probably anything with four or fewer users. I'm not sure if there was anything at four, but um, it could have been you know two or three on a couple of these lists. Mm-hmm. So you know that the Gruel Bard class is probably in that that two list. But as long as we're talking about what's crazy here, let's not skip over this uh, infinite dungeon six users. Yes. So there's no translation there. I that's infinite dungeon. That this is a combo deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you can find that in the top sixteen deck list if you want to check that out real quick. Sure. Yeah, let's pull up that one of that list and uh, and go over here. Did you uh, did you check this one out, Ashia? I know of the deck, but I don't know this exact okay. list. So I can explain exactly how I lost against this deck. And this this guy <laughs> actually right. made top six, and he made fourteenth place. Uh, so uh, it plays four uh, Landwehr Elves, four Elvish Mystic, two Deskwatch Recruiter, two Prosperous Innkeeper, four Kinnon Bonder Prodigy, two Trophy Mage, four Aserak. Sorry, Aserak is Aserak the Arklich. Arc Lich or Arc Lich? Arc Lich, right? Arch-lich. And then it plays yes. uh, for Gwenna, Eyes of Gaia. That's a new card from Brothers War. And it plays two Goraclaw, Terror of Calcisma. And then spells it has three Collected Company, four Eldritch Evolution, one Bantu's Monument, and three Relic of Legends. And so basically, what this deck does, um, whenever you play Asarak, if you haven't completed a dungeon named, uh, I think, what is it? The. Uh, Annihilation, yeah, something, the, something. Tomb, right. Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah, if you haven't completed it, he bounces back to your hands. And the thing is, you can play any dungeon you want. You can go through any dungeon as you, you want as many times as you want. You don't have to do that one. So he keeps on bouncing. And when you have a card like, uh, what was it? The uh, Gwenna, Eyes of Gaia. Whenever a creature with power 5 or greater comes into play, you untap her. And she gets a counter. 
And and she makes mana. Yeah, and she makes two mana combination. So you just do two again, two and again. And if you have Kinnon in play, Kinnon uh, makes all of your mana producing creatures produce one more. Or not creatures, but sorry, permanents. So basically you can then do an infinite combo. It makes three black mana each time. Three black mana, three black mana. You just do it again over and over and over again. And there is a couple different ways to, to kind of do this. They also have uh, Gora Clan. Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Gora Claw Terra. Gora Claw reduces the cost. He makes yeah. all of your power four or greater uh, creatures cost two less to cast. So basically it would be just one black mana uh, to, to play your... Um, uh, how could I say, Asarak, uh for that. And yeah, and then the other things are just like searching up the combo. Like we said, the Collected Company, all this stuff is pretty much uh, able to put to be put right into play at the end of the turn. Uh, Relic of Legends, you know, you can tap your other stuff for more mana if you want, if you need to, because it's just tap and untap Legendary, and, you know, you get to add an extra mana. So, oh, man, I lost this twice. Deck, I, I lost it round two and round three. It was frustrating. I had no idea oh, no. about this deck. And it was all in Japanese. I'm like, what does that dungeon do? I've never seen this card before in my life. Oh, I'd be in the same boat as you, brother. And I wouldn't be able to read it if it was English. I ain't about yeah. to try to read what those cards do. But, but basically, one of the dungeons is like, drain one, lose one. Drain one, lose one. And they just keep on going through that dungeon again and again. There's another one that gains you life, too, I think. Mm-hmm. That's the way yeah, you kill that's, it. That's the way you That or you have an yeah. infinitely big Gwyneth that you'll eventually attack clear your opponent yeah. with. Yeah, probably not, but yeah. There, there's multiple I, ways that you can kill. Yeah. That's how I Yeah, die. I think one of them might make someone not be able to block, so you could probably type down all their blockers and swim yeah. with the creature. So yeah, what do you guys think? Is this, again, one of these Flash in the Pandex? Is this something that's kind of here to stay? Is this part of the new combo culture of Pioneer? I want to see if it plays out a little bit more. You know, I think that you and I maybe should talk about combo decks because we've seen a lot of, mm. you know, not popular MTGO combo decks. You know, maybe there's a piece of that that some of these decks are not intuitive to play on MTGO. Like, I don't think going through this dungeon a thousand times on MTGO is going to be fun at all. Mm-hmm. But in paper, that's just, hey, I've demonstrated a shortcut. I'm going to repeat this loop and kill you mm-hmm. um, is a lot easier to do. So that may be like there may be some decks that are just being missed because of the physical mechanics of playing on moto yeah some, some stuff i think definitely locks people out just sometimes the triggers and stuff it's just so so much of a pain and like you make one mistake and that just kind of like loses the game for you mtgo and it's just easier to do in paper yep because you, you're able to like actually explain the, to the opponent what yeah. you're doing you don't have to yeah. sit there with your twiddling your thumbs waiting for your opponent yeah. to actually combat but uh, yeah. i think that this deck is sadly not going to be good uh, as much yeah, as i love not? this deck to be good uh you're like Gwyneth doesn't do anything on her own that's, like, that relevant as, like, a secondary plan. Azeroth is... I, you're never completing the dungeon, so that card is a three-mana cycler. That card is so bad if you just don't have the combo. Mm. There's just a lot of, yeah, like... I also want to call out, you know, parts. it sounded like Ryan wasn't sure on this when he was playing it in paper, is make sure you keep in mind hey, this... You know, I love my uh, my corner cases. Relic of Legends does not work for Kinnon Bonder Prodigy. Why not? Kinnon specifically says when a non-land permanent taps for mana, Relic of Legend taps a different permanent for mana. It oh, that ability. It's not for mana. But... Yeah, so Kinnon does not does increase Relic of Legends. It does tap for mana. You can tap Legends. for any mana of any color with Relic. Yes, That'd be two, but, but you don't get two mana off of Kinnon okay. is the point. For the other creatures, yeah. Yeah, if you tap Kinnon, it doesn't make two mana. It makes one. Despite Kinnon tapping and making mana, it's the relic that's making the mana, and Kinnon is tapping, so it doesn't. Okay. Up, you know, it doesn't meet the requirements. Okay. 
Okay. Um, should I go the re- through the rest of the top nine or top the uh, top sixteen? Oh uh, yeah, real quickly, and then we can uh, probably call it here. No, we gotta do the top eight. All right. Okay, then skip the top nine. And go to the top well, eight. Let's do the top, top nine real quick. So Rakdos top right, is right. is uh, was ninth. Um, Rakdos was tenth. Rakdos mid range. We had Lotus Field that became Midori. He was eleventh. Twelfth uh, uh, was uh, Mono Green Devotion. Thirteenth uh, was John Sacrifice, and then we had that Rogue deck that was fourteenth. Uh, uh, um, how could I say the Asurak combo, the Infinite Dungeons deck, uh, and then we had uh, Blue Red Control. It looks like actually it's probably Blue Red Drake. It's not Control because it is playing correctly Drake and Ledger Shredder, and it just has like all the other spells. And then um, Green Red Vehicles. It looks like or Stompy, whatever you want to call it, uh, rounded out the uh, top sixteen. So let's take a quick look at the top eight. There's one interesting deck in there that I wanted to talk about. Um, so, uh, we had green devotion, uh, winner was uh, Shuhei Nakamura. He came out of the woodwork. Like I said, these pros are coming out from, you know, retirement to play. Uh, he won with mono green devotion. Uh, we had, uh, Parhelion, uh, uh, in second place, at least, uh, that was like not in second place, but the, uh, top eight, uh, Travis Valen from the Philippines. I got a chance to talk to him and, and hang out with him at the event. We had Omnath Fires, but I guess this is actually Karuga Fires. I think I'm pretty sure this is Karuga Fires. It's Karuga Fires. Yeah, so Karuga oh, yeah. Fires there um, was uh, again. This is Swiss. It was third. Uh, we had Blue White Control. This was uh, one of my uh, local group members uh, uh, from Yokohama that plays this. So really proud of him. He got to best four with uh, Azorius Control. He was playing this, the uh, Soul Partition, and he was tell- telling me how he really liked that with uh the wandering emperor being able to blink that and then use it mm-hmm. again to like you know exile a creature and whatnot um the uh and then actually wait before i go over the uh fifth place one the sixth place one was rakdos aggro slash mid-range it had a florian Aldarian cyan in there that's interesting uh and then uh seventh was mono blue spirit so hey somebody made it and then there was another Parhelion deck uh, in the top eight. So I wanted to talk about this fifth place deck. It was Jund Vehicles. Did you see this, Kevin? You wanted to talk about vehicles. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you and me have been talking about this. So, yeah, this, this I think, you know, the most logical play, thing to say is that this is red-green vehicles splashing black for Mishra as well as, like, Abrupt Decay. Yeah, and also, yeah, you have... Uh, Some sideboard cards, too. Thoughtseize yeah, that's and other sideboard cards and stuff like that, too, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But basically, what it does, what that deck does great is it puts three drafts into play on turn two very quickly. And you can put in Phyrexian Dragon Engine on turn two, and then uh, you can tack with a Double Striker there and bring that back at any time, you know, if uh, you have to unearth it. And, you know, they're always talking, when people were, like, brewing with Mishra, claiming, like, well, well, how do we give this thing haste? Well, Reckless Stormseeker does this very well in this deck. If you can land that and keep it in play and give your Mishra claimed by Gix haste and also have a Phyrexian Dragon Engine in play, you flip that, and then it's, like, pretty much game over. You get that 9-9 you know, creature, and so you just end game super quickly. But I think, but what do I you think, think Kevin? Super yeah. interesting. I think this deck. Oh, yeah. I'll go for I it. think I'm. I'll go for it. 
Yeah, I want to hear what Ashok's saying, but I, I think I'm less, like, I don't have to be flipping Mishra to make this deck work. I feel like we're doing most of what the deck already did. You know, we're crewing with big creatures. We're playing our Seeker's Chariot and our Sky Sovereign that help us win the, the you know, the mid-range game. Fable as well does that for us. And then Mishra, you know, it's going to be draining for a lot. Like, mm-hmm. that trigger it itself doesn't need to attack for. So if you're attacking with, you know, some Seeker's Chariot tokens, you're draining for a bunch of life each time. Uh, I think that the Reckless Stormseeker buffing up a Dragon Engine seems reasonable. The Dragon Engine as well, being able to come back and, you know, just make you play a long game by drawing you a bunch of cards. All of that seems pretty reasonable, so I, I'm willing to uh, to try it out. And if you get to be able to combine them, mm-hmm. that's just fun. You know, th- that, I'm sure that's the fun part of the deck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ashek, what did you want to say? I think this deck has a high fun quality, I'll admit. But when yeah. I originally <laughs> saw this deck, I'm just like, wow, we found a way to make Groove Vehicles a worse deck. I'm not particularly high on that <laughs> deck, but... I started like thinking about it more and more and more and more, and I'm starting to like this deck a lot more and more and more. I don't think it's egg- better than Gruul, but I I think I dismissed it way too quickly. I think mm-hmm. the fact that you can have this extended long game with the Dragon Engine means that this deck is a lot better than what I thought it would be. I think that's the, the entire thing is like you're able to just constantly cycle through. Like it, it's like when you used to play Py- uh, Ponza in Modern and you would had Season Pyromancer, it's just a card to refuel. That's what this does. It just refuels your hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing that I missed with this deck is the fact that you're just able to refill your hand. Now, mm-hmm. do we still have a 3-5 that needs to attack to do anything? Yeah, we do. But... Well, so it's it's when you attack, it, it itself doesn't have to attack for the trigger. So mm-hmm. it can come down and crew a Sky Sovereign and get a trigger off. Like, that's not the worst thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's not awful. It, it, it's just not... I storm the festival, kill you, kind of power level. And that's where I'm... Sure. That's where I'm a little bit more dismissive of this deck. Because mm-hmm. the other things in uh, Pioneer are more efficient and do it better. I think this is a great mid-range shell, and I think that you're going to take a lot of games off of Rakados mid-range, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you're going to get much farther than that with this deck. I do think it's really, I think really the less than though. four Bone Crusher is probably not the right number. Like, I don't think it should be a four of Mishra, four of Dragon Engine, mm-hmm. probably. Oh, so more so, so, Kevin, are you saying that this won't supplant the green-red vehicles player's uh, I mean, it won't take over as the default or de facto. Uh, uh, I don't vehicles. think. It, no, I do not think it will take over as the default. I do think there's other cards to try from this mm-hmm. new set in the green red vehicles, uh, and we'll see where we go with those. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kevin, you wanted to wrap this up, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we're we... a little longer than we usually go on our episodes here, before but we, we did want to cover, yeah. you know, all of the results. Give a little bit of, you know, we'll probably talk more in the future, competitive wise, mm-hmm. but like we wanted to give you like this is what's succeeding right now, everybody. Here's what's done well in these last few weeks, or this last yeah. week really, because it's the kind of the first big weekend of tournaments with the new cards and. That's really what I want to do is, you know, give you guys a meta mm-hmm. update on exactly what's going on with these huge tournaments coming out. You know, big people winning in paper. We love to see it. And uh, we love all of you guys for listening. So if you want to hear more Pioneer content, go ahead and follow us at MG Pioneer on Twitter. And maybe soon on uh, what's that other thing? Hive Social. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> at MTG Pioneer on Hive Social. H-I-V-E Social if you want to download that. A lot of people are migrating over there. So we're, we have one just Giving in case. Shot. We'll be updating. Yeah, that. well, just in case. Um. But also, before we finish, I said, I did want to ask uh, Ashiok one question, because you are playing next week, you said, in Toronto. I will how do be you ex- playing next week in Toronto. So how do you expect the meta to shift? You know, seeing all these results, talking about all these results, what are, what are you well, expecting next week? Um, so Canada is a really weird region, because we are the only region with two RCs. Uh, so 
this na- this first one, I am submitting Krugafires regardless of what happens. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Unless Mono Green, unless I get a really good streak with Mono Green, which I also have ready to go, I'll be playing Krugafires. And what I predict the meta to be is I predict it to be a lot less Mono Green because every single tournament I go to in paper here in Canada, I think there's like two Mono Green players at most. Mm. It is such an underrepresented deck. And that either means mm-hmm. I should capitalize and play that deck. Or I should play Karuga Fires, which is a better matchup against the the field, the the mm-hmm. field that without green existing. I think that we're gonna see a lot more Phoenix in my meta. I think we're gonna mm-hmm. see a lot more Mono White in my meta. Um, Rakdos mid range is also something I expect to see a lot of. A lot of people enjoy these like grindier mid range games. Like the, I I want to say that there's a lot more boomers in my area that love That's this why we like play Pioneer. <laughs> slow grindy <laughs> mid range game and don't enjoy the entire idea of Karn combo set through it combo whatever. Um, yeah, no, I think that's exactly what I'm going to be seeing, and I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a really fun tournament. I'm expecting around 300 people at this okay. tournament. It's a good turnout. We'll see how it goes. Uh, obviously, it can vary very easily. Canada's a really small place, and it depends how many Americans come to last-second mm. qual for an RC invite at Canada. <laughs> um... We'll see. We'll see. I, I think that's exactly where my thought process is, and I know a lot of my teammates are also in the same thought process of Mono Green's going to be on the lower end, but we're throwing darts at a board, and we're going to see what sticks. I think okay. I think Karuga Fires will stick. Okay. You were going to say something, Kevin? Nope. I was just going to take us out here. Uh, so we'll be going over our socials. Dreams of Ash Jack, you want to give us how to follow you wherever you are on, uh, on media? I am not on Hive <laughs> yet. I have not made the dip over. However, if you want to follow me on Twitter, Dreams of Ashiok. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitch, I streamed pretty recently, and I might stream again, because it's kind of fun. I forgot I forgot how fun it is. Uh, Ashiok Nightmare Weaver over there. Uh, and I want to say a quick shout-out to all the Alberta boys for testing, and we're going to go win this RC. And shout-out to these two lovely folks for inviting me on. Yeah. And yeah, I should probably say real quick, you guys can find me on Twitter at Yo Japan Hobbyist and on Hive at Japan Hobbyist. All right, so that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you guys for listening. We look forward to the future weeks. Thank you for joining us, Dreams of Ashok, and good luck next week in your RC. Um, and for everyone else listening, hopefully this gave you a little bit of an idea of what's going on in all of the metas around the world. But um, Dreams of Ashok, I want to invite you to uh, close this out of this episode with your new catchphrase that we apparently made for you. I forgot what it is. You're going to have to tell me it. You got Shia. Uh, nightmare weaving out know. or something uh, like that? I'm not sure right, exactly. All right, all right, all right. This has been Dreams of Ashok on the night on the, the first Pioneers podcast, and I'm nightmaring out. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're taking <laughs> Thank you, everyone.